Okay, round two of trying to record this podcast. Um, what's up, everybody? My name is Mario, and this is Straight Out of Islington, an Arsenal podcast. Uh, I'm still, <laughs> I can't believe there's uh, still people trying to do podcasts and talking about Arsenal and trying to analyze their shitty, shitty performances uh, as of late. But we are all loyal fans, and we are here, and we're still supporting. Can we be pissed off? Of course we can be pissed off. It's our own opinions, uh, and we're no different. We're probably the one millionth and one podcast or video that you're hearing about the hand Hulk Hogan type of thing around the world that, that was seen and heard, and we'll probably get to that. Uh, no, we probably won't. We will be getting to that. Um, we're going to do things a little bit different here, very off-key. Uh, Ryan and I, we're going to go through some highlights, and we're going to uh, watch it and, um, and, and, you know, and just try to analyze it because there's a lot to talk about through this game uh, and in general. Um, so I welcome Ryan. Ryan, what's up, buddy? How are you? Hey, Mario. Good to be back with you, man. Uh... What a what a busy week it's been, huh? Well, a lot to discuss and a lot of uh, differing opinions on many many things, uh, both mm. on the field and off the field. So it should be should be a good discussion. It should be. Yeah, you know, I've had time to uh, digest uh, a couple of things that I've seen, I've read, I've watched videos, um, countless videos actually trying to analyze. There's a a lot of opinions. Um, and, and oddly enough, there's a lot of, um, people on either side of the fence through this whole thing. It's caused a huge debacle. Like I think the club is in shambles. They are definitely now, if, if we thought they were in a, they, they weren't in a crisis before they definitely are now. Um, so I've had time to digest it. I'm glad you have taught, you've had time to digest it and i'm so curious to hear um your opinions on everything that happened this match um but first of all let's start off with i guess some of the positive um that kieran tierney made his official debut uh in the premier league and to be honest i was kind of excited to see that how about you yeah i was kind of i was surprised to see him because uh he started on thursday and so i thought he's gonna get the you know uh start midweek and get rested for the league matches like um as that happened uh previously with uh and and hector didn't start as well but um seems like he's well maybe not fully back to full fitness because he only played 75 minutes so uh apparently he couldn't go full 90 but yeah uh very very nice to see him in the starting 11 and hopefully um you know him getting taken off was just a precaution and and uh you know get his fitness levels uh back up to up to speed but yeah i think that's a huge upgrade i i think i mean i remember saying i think before the start of the season even um it was going to be difficult to analyze his team until both him and and hector were fully fit and integrated back into the 11 uh for league matches so we're we're halfway there and, and hopefully um you know we'll see who starts against Liverpool on Wednesday. Um, but hopefully Hector is, is very close to, uh, getting his starting spot back at right back. Cause I think we desperately need him as well as you know, uh, this match was evidence of that, but, uh, we'll, you know, we'll talk about, about the goals that, that, uh, palace scored, but, um, overall, yeah, huge, huge plus that tyranny's back. And he just, he just brings a, he's an actual fullback. He's an actual, you know, technically, 
competent footballer. Um, and I, I'm not, I don't mean to shit on Kolasinac. He is an Arsenal player and especially in the, in the wake of, you know, the Xhaka incident. Um, but I just think if we're looking at it objectively, um, you know, tyranny is just a huge upgrade. So, uh, hopefully he can stay fit and remain in the 11 going forward. Yeah, I a hundred percent agree. I think uh, he was a brush of fresh air, uh, down that down that side. I mean, y- you could just tell that there was more of an attacking prowess from um, Arsenal at that point in time, and it was evident through you know the um, the two goals that were scored by by the by the corner kicks. Um, what did you make of the of the four four two lineup? I, I I didn't really like. It. I don't think I saw Pepe as much. I could be mistaken. What did you see? Um, I didn't, I don't mind the four, four, two in general. I think if we're going to play Aubameyang and Lacazette, I think that's probably the best formation to accommodate everyone, uh, mm-hmm. you know, with, with Pepe included. Um, mm-hmm. I, I think we, you know, we tried the, um, kind of four diamond two against Liverpool and that, that didn't work. We didn't have enough width, uh, both in the attack and, and covering, opposition fullback so i think i what i didn't like is i don't like ceballos uh, you know out out as a yeah as a wide whether you want to whether he's playing as a winger or even a wide kind of advanced midfielder i just don't think um again i i think it's an issue of you're not getting the most out of him in that position and by not playing him in his best position you're not getting the most out of the position he should be playing in which would be a a uh you know, further back center, center midfielder in front of the back four, which he then moved to after, you know, Xhaka was substituted. So again, it's an, it's a, it's a similar pattern of not playing players in their right position for the mm-hmm. start and then correcting or trying to correct that using substitutions. Whereas at this point, the manager should be getting those decisions right from the off. And he just continues to, in my opinion, make the same judgment errors in team selection right which then he goes and has to correct his own mistakes which you know again we'll we'll get into the the Jaka incident but that that's to me uh, and i i haven't heard a, a lot of this but i i think not enough of the blame for this whole incident happening uh, obviously you can talk about the fans you can talk about Jaka's reaction i don't think enough of the blame is getting issued to Emery in this situation. Yeah. And I totally, Um, I totally agree with you. Yeah. Um, and I think the, the reason being is this, we go back to Sheffield United, um, basically pick, this is the same team except for, you know, Lacazette came in for Saka and, uh, Ceballos came in for Willick in terms of the, obviously we talked about tyranny. So all he did is basically move Ceballos, to the left, and then he still had Guendouzi and Jaka in the middle. Um, we saw the performance against Sheffield, which was, again, very similar to many of our performances this year in the league, which is ponderous, slow, uh, uninspired, uh, not able to build through the middle, not able to create chances. Um, and so instead of recognizing that and making a change through the center of the park where we have lacked a, you know, up-tempo catalyst uh, while, while playing Jack and Guendouzi together. 
for the Palace game, he, he picks the same pairing. And surprisingly enough, we are slow, ponderous, uninspiring through the middle of the park. And so you have to ask yourself, why would you pick the same exact pairing there and have the same exact system and approach and expect to have different results? And so he he took Xhaka off early against Sheffield, I think like 65th minute, which again, pretty rare for your to take off your captain, um, you know, in that scenario. And the game's tied to 2-2 against Palace, and he takes his captain off, Shaka, in the 61st minute, I believe. And so he puts Shaka in that scenario. He puts the fans in that scenario, Unai Emery does, Mm -hmm. to allow for this reaction to occur. What he should have done is is not start as Shaka from the beginning. Because, again, you know know what you're going to get. You just saw it on Monday against Sheffield United. Why do you think you'd get a different performance and a different outcome playing the same midfield pairing, having the same approach, the same tactical philosophy towards the match? Why would it be different? It's not going to be. So Unai Emery does, does I think, is the catalyst to this, this whole uh, powder keg exploding because Grand Xhaka, he, should, he should, should have been benched after the Sheffield game. And not because even if you say, okay, he's just he's been poor, he's not – good enough for that position. He doesn't allow us to play a certain way that, that that's certainly fine, but because he, he needs to be rested and he's not in a good run of form, especially if you take him off after 60 minutes, do yourself a favor as the manager, do the player a favor, do the fans a favor and, and just, just sit him down, sit him down for a couple matches. Yeah. Let him, let him recover mentally, let him recover physically and give somebody else a chance and see if the results will then change. But uh, he doesn't recognize this, and he just he thinks he can keep doing the same exact things with team selection, and there there be a different result in the outcome uh, on the pitch. And it's 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 crazy to just to to think that and have that mentality. Yeah, I totally agree with you. I think Emery needs to be blamed. I think maybe even more. I agree with you. This guy should have been benched. Um, you could tell that something was building within him, and maybe that was affecting his performances, and and that's why you know people reacted the way they did after they you know he miraculously subbed him off uh, very early into the second half against Sheffield, and uh, and, and now this, and I guess it's just the the, the culmination of everybody being frustrated. So um, I guess we'll get into that a little bit further uh more so because uh, i i want us i want us to to review the, the these three minute highlights of of the match because there's a lot of talking uh points i did not agree with any of the var uh decisions i'm gonna come out and fully say that uh i don't know you might be different um but uh but i i guess we can go through it and then we can we can get your opinions ryan mm-hmm. um so uh and, and once it, like tell me to pause it whenever uh so you, we can we can discuss a little bit further i know you guys at home can't see this but i'm trying something new here maybe trying to analyze the highlights a little bit with ryan just so we can get a better perspective um so these you can find these highlights on on youtube obviously so uh then you can see what we're talking about so let's start the uh the highlight reel here um you know obviously arsenal um, so we're right away. We're starting off with the with the first um, corner kick, and 
it just shambles here. Like I'm going to pause it right here. Like look at where all of the um, Crystal Palace players are. And obviously the first one to react is, is Socrates, which I think he took it. He took it well, all things considered. Yeah, it was Palace. You could tell, I mean, from the start, they were, were kind of ready to gift this game to Arsenal. Uh, you see how slow they are to react. And yeah, Socrates does well to to kind of come over the top and shop that ball into the ground. And it's, it's a good finish for him. Yeah. And it's a pretty straightforward goal. I mean, you see nothing there, Ryan, right? I, I mean, no, the, uh, the second goal, which I think we'll come to is interesting. I didn't, I didn't see this or hear this during the match, but um, it was being discussed on ESPN FC that there could have been a foul on Lacazette uh, when he gets his flick. Um, it, it goes to the back post and then Louise turns it in, which I didn't see. And it didn't get really again, analyzed during the replays, when it was live, but mm. um, so I don't know if this is the next clip or if yeah, it's, let's let's take a look at it. Yeah, it is. The, uh, yeah, so right. I mean, if you go back a little bit, they were saying there's a push right there. Right I mean, there. It, it's marginal. I think you can see kind of the, the Palace player is kind of is kind of looks like he got nudged. Uh, there is a little sneaky push yeah. by Lacazette, but that's again that's one of those where you go to VAR and there the talking point says they don't want to re-referee the match. Right. So, so essentially if the referee sees this live, then, you know, he deemed it not to be a foul. Therefore VAR is not going to overturn it, which is farcical if that's the case, because as we'll see for the disallowed Arsenal goal later on in, in this package, that there's, I, I don't want to get too ahead of it, but, um, but, but yeah. no, like I, I, I get what you're saying. I mean, but the thing is, is that the, the match official. So the main referee that can overturn the VAR rules from what I understand, um, because they have the monitor, they have, they have the, the monitor. Ability. Yeah. And I, you know, it's, it, it's never, I don't think it's ever been used in, no. so far this year. I didn't, I didn't think there was a monitor because I thought everything was, was went to VAR in the you know Premier League headquarters, and that oh. was the decision. And then I, I saw I saw the monitor pitch side. For oh yeah, match, and I was like, well, what is that doing there? And I yeah. go, if they're going to overturn the third goal, this uh, Socrates' second goal, why is why is Atkinson not going to the monitor? Exactly. He's he was staring at the whole process, the whole uh, you know procedure of that of that play had a clear view of it. So there's nothing he didn't see. So for that to get overturned and him to just accept it, I, mean, I, th I think Mark, I actually think Martin Atkinson is a disgrace to his federation to, to coin a, a term from the great Arsene Wenger. He used that after a match once this, the way this guy, the smug and just, Oh yeah. Contempt that this guy, the look he has on his face when he referees a match, that he he just he thinks he's go, better than everybody. He has goes all the through, knowledge. Goes through the motions, can't can't say anything, can't can't just a complete lack of professionalism from this guy. And this is a this is a clear case of this again. Yeah. Um, you know, nobody knows what's going on. There's no there's no clear explanation. You know, I, you know, both probably on the field, obviously to the fans in the stadium, even viewers on TV. Nobody knows really what you know, was the foul on Chambers? Was it I mean, what what was, happened? But so bad. It was, it was so bad. It was a it was la, it was a farcical decision, and you, you knew eventually at some point one of these was going to happen to, uh, you know, to a to a quote unquote big team. 
Yeah. And this this was, of course, it was good, always Arsenal was going to be the first team for it to happen to. Yeah. And um, so, yeah, I mean, again, there, there's no there's no logic or there's no reasoning behind and, that decision. But and, yeah. Um, so I know, I know we got ahead of ourselves there. No, but no, anyways, it's, yeah. it's fine. So, yeah. So, so this so, is why I wanted to do this. Yeah. Second goal. So second goal. Again, another corner. Pepe. Great. Great delivery, flat. Um, he's, he's all happy there. Yeah. So, to, but here, here's the thing, right? So, to pause it here. Two nil, and again, Palace is this. This is typical Unai Emery, yeah, mentality and approach at you know uh, managing this club. It's it's cautious. It's okay. We're up two nil. Let's not let's not do anything crazy. You know, we're we're let's just be happy with two. And let's sit back. Let's just kind of possess a little bit. We'll we'll drop off. We'll drop a little deeper to make sure we don't, you know, get it, get beat behind, give up a cheap goal. And what that does is it takes all the energy, all the enthusiasm out of the players because they're instead of players when you go up two nil in, in first fifteen minutes, that that team is that team is bleeding, mm-hmm. you know, and the players recognize that the, the the team that's down knows it, and the team that's up two nil. Knows that they're they, they're there to be stomped on. They're there for an absolute walloping. Um, if if the players and the manager wants to play that way, but he doesn't. And so what happens is this is a first time down. This is a long ball to Zaha. Um, you know, look at it. Just pause it right there. So go back a bit. So Zaha basically picks it up five yards. You know, it's it's one v three. So Again, in, in any normal situation, you say, "Oh, it's 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 defended fairly well." Even on the back post, there you got, um, you know, two v one on IU, and then Tierney's following up with uh, Kuyate on the back post. So, mm-hmm. you know, the, what what Chambers? First of all, he's not a right back. Again, we knew this when he got torched by Jefferson Montero in like 2016. We knew this yeah. even when he was playing pretty well you know, the start of this season at that position, yeah. physically, he's not, he's not capable of defending one V one against the likes of Wilfred Zaha and others who are tricky, fast wingers. He doesn't have the physical capabilities to do it. So for, one thing he's not doing is he, his body shape is all wrong. He yeah. needs, he needs to be, he's got to understand that Socrates is there to help. So he's got to, he's got to show him inside and you see his body shape. He's, he's, either square at best or even forcing him down the line. And Zaha knows he's got a, he's got him on toast. All he's got to do is fake a shot, pull it back. And <sighs> Chambers is see that live. I thought this is, this is a stonewall penalty. You thought so too. Absolutely. Okay. Live. Absolutely. Because look, look at his, look at his leg. Look how he sticks his leg out. Look, that's, that's a foul. Okay. But, at, okay, so, okay. So what I'm seeing here is that at right this right there, wow. right there though, Zaha is looking for the dive. I think he is already diving. No, see, he he's not diving. He's he's set up. What he does, he sets Chambers up. He knows but, right there. See how he chops it back and, pu- uh, and pushes the ball past. He knows that. I mean, if Cha- Chambers, there's no reason Chambers' leg to be out like that. Because no, all, there's not, and that and and so now does Zaha go over his leg? I mean, yes, but that you can say that for every probably every single foul, more or less, is the player you know goes over the contact. But 
he he's look look where the ball look at the path of the ball and look where Chambers' leg is and look where Zaha's running path is. It's right in line with Chambers' leg. So you know that it's a trip. He go. I mean, you could say, oh, does Chambers lift his leg to trip him? No, but he plants his leg and then Chamber and then Zaha's running towards the ball that he just beat the defender with, and he goes over his leg. It's a foul. I mean, it's okay. it's you know it's it's a, it's a classic. You beat your man. The man sticks his leg out and contact penalty all day. So, okay. So this is what I'm seeing. Okay. At this point in time, right. He is, you know, moving right along, blah, blah, blah. Yes. Uh, I do agree. Chambers does stick his leg out. His leg should not be where it is. I get it right here. It's yeah. sticking out. Um, where I see that it, I, I think, hold on. Let me just, so, Right there, Zaha could have easily, he was trying to jump over him. He feels the slightest bit of a touch. He's going. He's already yeah. going down. Yeah, of course. And, I mean, that's 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 what that's what good that's what good attacking wide players do. They they you know you call it you call it gamesmanship, you call it could he have hurled over the leg? I mean, sure, but what what's 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 the reward for that? He's got Socrates to deal with, and he's by the by the touchline. Uh, the reward for going over a, a, an extended leg like that is 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 a penalty. So I mean that you know that's that's what wingers do. And Chambers again got exposed for not being able to physically handle that, and he and he had to overcompensate by sticking out a leg, and then he got punished. So yeah. I mean uh, my my issue more is Martin Atkinson is to not only not only not. <laughs> issue that a penalty straight off, but he, he actually calls it a dive, which is insane because there's a li he's literally goes like knee to knee with chambers. And so like, and again, it just tell, it tells you the incompetence of this man, an absolute fraudulent fraud, Martin Atkinson. Take it out. <laughs> um, all right. So let's move on to the, uh... so there's palace's second goal, which, which started the, the drama for, for granted Jaka and the fans. But again, down the right hand side, if you just, just so, rewind uh, it a bit. Hold on a second. Before, before the pass. Yeah. So here. Oh my gosh. Okay. Here we're in shambles. Here. Okay. Keep going back. Wait till. Yeah. It's right off the. Uh, right. Right here. Stop. Okay. Zaha picks it up. Now again, we're still we're still being cautious. We're still being low energy mentality right now mm -hmm. we're, we've been dropping deeper and deeper now now they've got a goal samory thinks oh my god it's 2-1 we can't okay we just got to keep it at 2-1 we cannot give up a second goal <laughs> and and it's it's the the american football adage of, of a prevent defense which which is just you sit back and you give teams space and time and and they they will pick you apart and it's not it's not even anything clinical or or that uh, you know sophisticated that Palace does here. So Zaha drops a little deeper at halfway. Chamber, look look at the space Chambers awards him right here, right? Yeah, it's just it's so, so look, stop it right here. So he, he's in no man's land. He's not marking Zaha. He's not tracking the runner behind him. Yeah, and 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 Jaka gets beat off yeah. from a dead sprint from James MacArthur, which is which is a, a huge issue. James MacArthur is is by no means a, a track star. It's um, like forty five too. Well, he's, I mean, you know, he's, a, he's actually a decent player, but his pace is not his, his strongest uh, attribute. Yeah. So ball goes in the channel. Chaka gets outrun. Chambers is nowhere to be found. So now, okay, 1v1, right? Stop it here. Now, again, this is, you want, you want better from your 
forget that he's your captain. He's your defensive midfielder. He's your leader. He's your, you know, seasoned player. You cannot let him easily get this, get this cross off into the box. Okay. Mm -hmm. So play it. He's going to beat him again. Simple little step over. Not even, he doesn't even really do anything. Jaka's again, backed off, backed off. He just has the space to just dink it over him. Yeah. With a stupid, he's not even, yeah. Stupid hands that he hangs a leg. Now here, I think again for this goal, David Luiz is is the biggest culprit because watch right here. Okay. Okay. Look, look, just bring it back like five seconds before. So yeah, one more there. Okay. Right before he right there. Okay. So, so here's all here's just, I want to try to be in the mind of David Luiz. Okay. First of all, he, he's, he knows, or he should know that his man is Jordan Ayu in this, in this scenario. He sees Socrates in front of him, who is marking. He's Socrates is there to cut out the low cross if it gets by Jaka. Yeah, right. So Ayu uh, can't run run in front and, and nick it in front of Leno. So Socrates is there. He's occupying that space. So so you should have your head on a swivel and know that okay, you've got Guendouzi trailing. You've got Tierney behind you. So the only person you're responsible for is the striker, Jordan Ayu. And look at where Dav Luiz is is vision is his head is he's looking at the ball and he's looking at james MacArthur. he has no clue that jordan ayu has pulled off the back of him and what you have to do is be be in between ball and man which technically is but you have to be touch tight you cannot let your defender peel off of you because if he stays with him and he and he tracks his run like he should because he doesn't need to be watching and he doesn't need to be watching the ball or watching in front of his space because it's already covered it's covered by his teammate that's what right. a center back pairing does so he should be is is touch tight. He should peel off with IU, and that it's a great floated cross because it takes out Leno, goes straight to the back post, mm-hmm. and Louise should be there to flick it away if either for a corner or out to the other side where Tierney can then clean it up. But he lo- completely loses track. He start he's ball watching. Uh, IU makes a great run off the back of him, and the ball is brilliant. And there's your second goal. Now look, what there's one player. Look look how many. I mean, again, numbers wise, yeah, not bad. One, two, three. Sabios coming in late, four, five, six, seven Arsenal players for three Palace players. Do you, you know? think so? So it comes down to an individual errors that that ball is able to get in and that strikers be able to be completely unmarked. So this is a better angle that I want to um, ask you a question here because um, is there questions to be asked about Tierney at this point? I mean, there's a part where he's not even looking um, at the play. Right, uh, he's sort of you now, know he's got if you out of the picture is, is a palace player and look yeah Louise and Socrates two v one what yeah. more I mean what more do you want you know so Tierney's looking at that he's saying I don't need to I don't need to come tuck in because they're covered so what right there see it's he's Louis, not even Louise gets su- he just gets sucked into the ball and he completely loses track of where IU is and that's that's your man that's your mark and you just he's just lost him. And it's, it's, it's fundamental, you know, touch tight, always have, always have your hand on your, on your mark. And he, and he just loses uh, track of him completely. So, yeah. And look at all the space that IU has in yeah. trailing in here. Like, I mean, what about Leno's starting position? Is it, uh, uh, it no, should Leno, be a little bit more back. I would say he's got to be there in case. I mean, if that, if, if MacArthur, hooks a low cross in that that gets around Socrates right foot 
and is on the ground, Leno's got to be in position to come come claim that. So yeah, it's it's a it's just it's a listen. It's a fantastic ball because it takes out Leno. He can't get to it. It's right along the six. And yeah, there's Mezzarosa's reaction of, uh, well, uh, you need a goal now. Good luck. Look at this uh, guy up here. <laughs> yeah. Um, it, it's weird. I'm like, oh my god, and Mustafi is still there. I I forgot he was an Arsenal yeah. player. Um, so now we're getting. I think this is the controversial. Yeah. Um, so I mean, we already kind of talked about it. Again, the flick on Lacazette does brilliant. This is this is a this is a scrum, right? This is not there, there. There is no clear and obvious foul. And if anything, Chambers gets his leg hooked, which then maybe creates him going into um, the Palace player, which is that is deemed the foul. But it's ap- it's patently absurd that there was no call, no foul called on the field, and it goes to VAR, and they have the fucking audacity to actually look at that and say, oh. Yep. Yeah, that's, that's a clear foul by Callum Chambers. Clearly, I mean, you know, blatantly obvious foul. Are you kidding but, me? But he doesn't even go because he, he points to the screen and he doesn't even go check at all. He could clearly he's just like, OK, yeah, they made a decision. I'm going to go back and give him the ball. I don't I don't think Martin Atkinson actually knows that he can go to the monitor here. That That's my theory. I don't know that to be true. Because you're right. The way the way he just he hears the decision in his earpiece, and he just picks up the ball and says, "All right, babe, All right. it's a yeah. foul." So VAR VAR says no goal, and it's no goal. And 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 here it's to be fair, like they saying that that right there, that trip was the foul. But look at Cahill. Look at look at Kiatu or whatever the fuck his name is. All over him. Well, All, and, and if any you- if, if anything, it's a it's a it's a intertwining of, of feet. Yeah, it is. That, that, that creates the imbalance of Milioyevich to for him to go right there. Their feet are just together. Look, they're both going for the ball. Yeah, hundred percent. Chambers actually gets to it first, right? So the ball's free, right? So, right. yeah. So you could say you could, no. Okay, what you could say is Milivojevic either hooks the in instep of Chambers right there. Yeah. Or Chambers kicks the outstep of Milojevic. I, I don't think either happens. I think no, they're both no. they're both going for the Chambers is going for the ball. So is Milojevic. They come together. They both fall fall down. Go boom. It's literally like you know they they meet and they both fall. The ball squirts out. It's 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 a it's a free it's a free ball. It's a it's a no call. Yeah, the it, ball is there. It's there. Socrates finishes. That it's, it's not a foul. It, it just isn't a foul. It isn't a foul. There, and there was no explanation, nothing at all. No. I, just, I just wanted to bring to your attention what uh, Buddy Boy here does, uh, Martin Atkinson. He's like, he's explaining, like, it doesn't, Hennessy oh. doesn't even know what's going on. No, nobody Hennessey. does. Look at him. Oh, I'm just going to jog back. Mm, here's my little. Yeah, he's smug. like, oh, look, it's mm, a foul. Look, mm, it, Hennessey. my name's Martin Atkinson. Mm, uh, Var says, it's, I'm yeah. gonna, you know what? He can't even, this is how, this is how much of a fuck boy this guy is when he did the little var signal he had the ball like in, in between his arms so he did like a small little yeah. t-rex arms var window because he couldn't fucking even be bothered to put put the ball down and do a full var window you fucking coward do a do a full, look at this uh, uh, got my whistle uh, a little mini var mini var yeah it's so point. bad he doesn't point, even like, know even, even when he points he's like eh, point meh point here point it, there foul eh 
your ball. Go, just come on. Let's go. But, what you, what's the problem? Uh, what do you mean? When? What's? Yeah. Know, he goes, oh, not, look, it's, it's a not, foul, it's, dude. It's not. It's not a. You know, it's not. This league isn't worth. You know, hundreds of billions of dollars. Why? Eh, what's? Who cares? Whatever. Eh, it's far. Eh. So terrible to strip. Uh-huh. To strip. Um, so- so- Socrates's second goal and Arsenal's third goal is. Yeah. An, an atrocity it is yeah, an atrocity it's... that that he did that um so i just i he he has the opportunity as the main referee as the main match official to go to if if, if his gut even if he has 0.0001% feeling that he should check or recheck it himself he should he doesn't even have the time of day to go and look at that monitor and say, let me take a look for myself why you guys are calling this a foul. Because I don't think even the VAR people said, oh, look, he, he hooked his leg. Colin Chambers, if it fouled him, that's why we're calling it. But you can go check it if you want. I think they should be telling him that. I don't know exactly what they're saying, but they should be at least yeah. saying, you should probably look for yourself, but we're calling a foul on column chambers, but he doesn't even do anything. Nobody knows what communication is being had between the VAR official, what, what he's looking at, what he's seeing. There should be a live audio feed. hundred percent. That's that's everyone can hear. And, and you're absolutely right there that I, again, I, I don't think, I don't think Atkinson knows, or he did, again, I don't think he cares enough to take the time to review it, which, which I think, in principle, again, you're not supposed to re-referee. So the, the call in the field, again, if it's not clear and obvious, which nobody in their right mind can say that that foul on Callum Chambers was clear and obvious, mm-hmm. then how did that that call should that call should stand? There should call should be given, but we don't know. We don't know anything. And the and the FA who are so holier than now, and and here here's the real issue with VAR that that it doesn't matter what laws or principles you write in. The officials who are are overseeing VAR on that particular match, they're all in the same good old boys club. They're all for the same association, and they're all it's all in their best interest to not prove the match day official wrong. Doesn't matter, doesn't matter how wrong it is, how right it is, because you know what? They all gotta pat each other on the back, they all gotta take care of each other because they're always right. They're always gonna be right. And the FA, the FA stance is you know, we we can't do better. We we won't suspend referees or take referees off of matches from poor performance. Um, you know, we we have a, we have a, such a piss poor standard of actual physical attributes from these referees. Um, you know, so so they're 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 never going to be wrong in their eyes. And so, you know, we're we're asking we're we're getting all all bent out of shape and saying, uh, you know, English FA, it, clearly this is this is wrong in yeah. their minds. Oh no, it's not because we're we're the English FA and you know we're we're infallible and we have the best everything. We have the best officials. We have the best you know history and and so it's 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 a corrupt system who are always going to cover each other's asses no matter how egregious uh, the decision is. Yeah, and I have to com- uh, I have to agree with you somewhat because I even see it here um, where I referee. Um, we have, you know, the referees association as well. And, and I do see that there, there is some sort of clicks, like, you know, clicks of yeah. referees that give each other's backs. Now, now, mind you, this is not all referees. 
I mean, I'm a referee, so I'm not going to um, diss up uh, the, the, the way uh, referees are, but there are clicks where they can do no wrong. They're always right. Um, I experienced this like a couple of weeks ago uh, with, with a, a referee um, and I could clearly tell, you know, they had to be aligned with them, even though I thought he did a wrong decision and I voiced it uh, and they're like, no, 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 whatever. But I was again, an assistant referee. So I, I, I agree with you, but at the same time, there are good referees out there that you know do do what they're supposed to but there is there is this clicker of refs that just don't budge and i think i think i think including myself we need to be accountable we need to be held accountable for our calls if if uh, i mean we don't have i mean we're just low ball like you know low lower league type of thing we don't have the abilities of var like these guys do so I, i i agree we have to hold these guys to a higher standard and him being a match official, the main match official, he has every right to go review that footage. And that's what they've been taught. That's what they've been told. But clearly, like you said, they could not be bothered to even go check this monitor. And I, yeah. and I think it has to be addressed. And, and it's, it's, yeah, it's kind of, it's almost part of me is resigned. It's kind of pointless even to talk about and, and debate it because it's, you know, yeah. I don't think I don't think anything's going to change. I think they're they're yeah. wholly unprepared to deal with this. Clearly, how they implement it, they it, yeah. it changes from you know match to match depending on who's watching the damn monitor. So yeah. um, it, it's a mess. It's 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 a farce, and and you know they they're treating it with contempt that they that they thought of it. They they didn't want VAR. Um, you know, and so they're they're treating it. They're almost as like, well, hey, you told us. We should have it. So now we're gonna, you know, yeah, we're gonna treat, treat it with treat it with the content that it that it deserves, <laughs> in our opinion. So well, that's Anyways, per- yeah, that's perfect. I mean, yeah, I mean that that was pretty much the match in itself. A huge, huge shambles of a match. I think it's probably one of the worst matches I've ever seen lately. I got to be completely honest. I, it's been so boring to watch Arsenal because it's just like the same shit over and over again. But you know what? I love the abuse. I just love it. Um, and I think we're coming up to the probably the main talking point of this whole match. Um, Ryan, I have this video queued up here. Not not the greatest of qualities, but whatever. It gets straight yeah. to the point. Um, a lot of people were talking about how he threw the armband at Yang, and I never saw that. So when I started watching this before um, we started recording, I was, a, I was appalled. I was pissed off that I saw him doing that. Like, you know, he just, he's not even bothered. He just tosses it. Look at that. Obama Yang has to pick it up. Like that is a total lack of disrespect to your teammate, mm-hmm. let alone what he's done. Like, and then obviously, you know, he's walking off. He could have been, he could, he could have shut up, you know, he could have you know just walked out he can't even be bothered your team yeah see this is where he starts doing his thing what is what is unai emery thinking right there ryan what what do you think i think he's thinking right here is i'm completely fucked i'm completely unprepared to deal with this situation i have no ability to psychologically handle this scenario with the fans with shaka with teammates and um, I think, again, I think this is part of his big part of it is Emery's making. 
um, that that contributed to this. But I mean, generally, listen, I think I think there's, I mean, my personal opinion, you know, I, I don't think booing your own player for the team you support has any place in in a professional sports uh, setting like this. I get why people did it. I'm just saying from a practical standpoint, I understand in the moment people aren't practical. They're it's visceral, they're emotional, and they're acting, you know, on, on pure instinct here, right? Um, but this this is this is really months in the coming. This wasn't just because of the performance against Palace. It wasn't because of the performance against Sheffield United. This is the players had to disable comments and his social media posts. So, yeah. you know, th- th- think about that for a second. This is an, Ar- an Arsenal player. He's the captain, whether you think he should be or not is, is besides the point. Uh, he's obviously well-respected by the coaching staff, by the playing staff. Um, you know, I haven't heard one bad thing about him off the pitch, right? He's just, he's a, he's a new father. Um, he's, he's committed to the club again, regardless of what you think of his performances. Uh, I don't think anyone can question his commitment as a professional. So this is a player, all, all that being said, has had to disable comments under his social media posts because of all the abuse he's getting from Arsenal fans. Yep. Arsenal fans on his social media abusing him, you know, uh, calling, you know, obviously talking about his, his play, his his family, whatever, like just disgusting, right. vile abuse that, that doesn't belong true. anywhere. Yep. And so th- this is months in, in, in the making for this, for this, this, this is a, a powder keg that was just, you know, the, the, the match was struck months ago and finally, uh, you know, uh, the fuse blew up and this was it. Um, so, you know, and, and I think that you, the initial cheer would happen, you know, the Emery made the sub, um, getting made the same sub more or less uh, on Monday night against Sheffield United. So again, this is where, this is for me, the blame is on Emery because he just, he, <laughs> he did the same thing and, you know, there's 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 an issue that you can say is it disrespectful to haul off your captain at 60 minutes when you're you know chasing chasing a win. That that that's a debate that could be had. You mm-hmm. can make that argument. So why why would you play him again, knowing that again the results are going to be the same? You're going to play the same way because you haven't changed anything. Yep. And then you 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 made you made the situation yourself, Emery, by by starting him and and allowing the situation to present itself. So um, so I think the cheer goes up, not because they're trying to abuse Shaka. I think the cheer goes up ironically as, oh, Emery, you know, yeah, yeah he, made, he made a change. Uh, he's, you know, basically like, oh, yeah, good job. You just corrected your own mistake, like kind of ironically. So mm-hmm. I, I think Shaka hears this, but again, he's, he hears this. He probably heard a little bit on, on Monday from the away fans, kind of cheering his, his departure. Uh, he's got months of, of of social media abuse, you know. Um, so he hears the cheers, and he's like, "You know what? Fuck this! This is bullshit." First of all, I'm getting subbed off for an 18 year old. I'm the captain uh, when we're chasing a chasing a game at home. Then I hear a cheer from the fans. Oh, really? You you cheer? You, you like this decision? Yeah. You want me to fuck off? Okay. I'll. You know what? Fine. Yeah. Fuck you. Fuck you too. Fuck off. Yeah. Bring it. Bring it. You know. Yeah. Oh yeah. Let's louder. Louder. I can't hear you. I can't hear you. So at that point, he's. He's purely visceral. He's purely emotional. Now the fans are then are then are are countering that as well, right? Where he does the first kind of, you know, let me hear you louder, you know, yeah. raise the roof kind of thing. Yeah. So they start baying for more blood once they see that. Then he then he, you know, the captain's armband. He's he, you know, he's not thinking about the team at that point. He's purely no, no. he's yeah. pissed off. 
he's he's hurt you know he's he's reacting because of that he storms off it's it's a disgraceful situation all around um huge huge you know again i think i think every party is to blame here really do i mean the fans again fans are yeah boo boo your own player i mean uh, again i understand why they did it right and i'm not as i'm not a season ticket holder i wasn't there um but just think about it practically how does booing your own player how does that help your team how does it help that player does it help your the teammates who are still there yep no no they just see their captain booed off the pitch by their home fans you think you think that's gonna like hype them up to then play harder and, and like you know be fired up to go go find the winner or do you think it's gonna fuck them up fuck fuck them up psychologically that they just saw their captain boot off their home pitch yeah so again makes no sense practically for him now again i have empathy for him from the from a human being standpoint yeah to be like yeah fuck you assholes like like i'm i'm doing i'm doing my best like you're gonna cheer and boo me for for getting subbed off you know i would say fuck off too in that moment um but again practically speaking as the captain of arsenal football club there's part of it where you have to understand when you don't perform at this level you're going to have criticism in the form of ironic cheers boos what have you yeah um in that moment you have to be again more it's easy for me to say this i wasn't you know i wasn't the one being booed and 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 cheered off but uh, you have to be more uh composed and I, I think we know from Jaka's past, he's not the most composed <laughs> player under pressure pack situations. So I'm not surprised you do this, but as a captain, you have a bigger responsibility to your team as well. Because mm. when you do that reaction, it doesn't help your team either, right? Uh, you know, when you throw your armband on the ground and Obamiang has to pick it up and you, you storm off down the pit, you know, down the tunnel, you don't sit on the bench. It, it, again, everyone just feels defeated and mm. kind of just, shocked i mean you saw the reaction Ter- lucas Torreira is warming up and he was he was almost he's like crying yeah yeah like brought to tears he had to be consoled by hector bellerin because he's like what the fuck just happened like but but this- all of all of this stems from one source i think so to an extent i mean again I, yeah th- this would you know af- again it, like just just think about it kind of practically again after the sheffield united match you, you hauled off your captain at 60 minutes yeah, when you're losing a game, so basically the message you sent was, "You cannot help us uh, either draw or win this match." As the captain and midfielder of this team, you can't help us. I got to take you off because you're you're a liability at at you know at best. So, knowing that, how how are you going to play him the next match? Do you think he's just magically going to like transform himself and become a different player and? especially when you play the same system and have the same set of instructions for the players, nothing's going to change. So you should, yeah, you can't start them there. And, and no surprise that we start flailing and, and we blow another two goal lead. Yeah. The first player he wants to take off is the same guy he took off on Monday. Yeah. Of course he does. And so, yeah, like Emery is a huge lion's share of the blame. And then it, and it, then it just, it spirals out of control. And I think everyone would probably you know, now that we're two days after the fact, would probably regret, for the most part, their their actions. I think reports are Jaka was was pretty pretty sad at, at his uh, behavior, uh, but has you know, yet to apologize. Hasn't apologized. Uh, 
Emery hasn't made a decision or the club hasn't made a decision yep. if there's any punishment for Xhaka. So, and again, this, this is peak Emery. He's going to, he's going to ask around. He's going to think about it. He's going to think about it and he's probably going to do nothing. Yeah. I and agree. I wouldn't, I wouldn't be shocked if Grand Xhaka, I wouldn't be shocked. I mean, I don't think he will be playing against Wolves on the weekend. I wouldn't be surprised if he is though. And he's starting and he's the captain because Emery, this is what he does. He, he thinks, he thinks, oh my God, what if I do this? Then it, and it's this. Do you he, think- he, he's thinking always about the worst case scenarios and what, what bad things could happen. And he never thinks about being proactive yeah. and how making a, a committed decision, a, a, being a catalyst for positive change could have a positive impact on his team. So he ends up doing nothing and expects some things to change. And of course they don't. And that, that, that is Emery's MO. And that is why we are in this, this loop of, of, uh, bland, same, lost football, and, and, and the players know that, and they know that they, you know, um, that there's inconsistencies in his messaging, there's inconsistencies in his team selection, um, inconsistencies in 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 uh, punishment and reward for playing well, playing poorly. So it, it, the whole, the whole, everything is fractured and fissured, mm-hmm. and this is this is the end result of that, unfortunately. Yeah, I mean, I have to agree with you. Everybody is to blame. Everybody has a has a part to play in this uh, this unfortunate event. Um, I I always agree. You can you should not attack or abuse the player, uh, his family. I mean, his wife had to uh, put her accounts on private because of all the abuse. Like seriously. It be, grow the fuck up okay yeah. you can be pissed off all you want but what the fuck are you gonna do about it huh do you do you have any sort of say in what the club does no we are all just fucking fans man you can be pissed off all you want but don't go and start abusing the man's wife like she has nothing to do with it if if you're more if you're more fired up and passionate about booing a player from the team you support and abusing them on social media than you are about the team scoring goals and winning matches mm-hmm. and, and, and playing well in, in certain passages, then you need to, you need to really reevaluate why you quote unquote support this club. Yeah. It's that simple. If you're, if you care more about the negatives than you do about the positives, then you need, you gotta, you gotta just stop watching football because yeah. I'll just tell you what you're only going to uh, leaving disappointed and being very angry, being very sad, and then feeling a huge wave of, of pathetic mm-hmm. um, uh, self pity. And it's just a bad cycle. So really, I think people really need, I mean, well, listen, I, I I'm, I'm as critical as anyone when it yeah. comes to player performances. I think that's fair game. I think as supporters, is. That, that's, that's a, you know, it's a fair thing to discuss, you know, talking about players, technical abilities and performances on the field. But Jesus Christ, do, do I do I want Kolasinac and Jaka to to play shitty, which leads to poor Arsenal results? Absolutely not. I want those guys to fucking play their asses off and mm-hmm. and and Arsenal to win win matches and finish high up the league, win cups. I think every, everyone should want that. But when the focus becomes how we can, I, oh, I'm, I'm waiting for for Jaka to to you know make a mistake, or I'm waiting for him to give up a foul so I can then boo him and, 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 you know, be pissed off. It's completely backwards. So I think there's a huge element of that, of, 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 
you know, people in this culture of, of wanting to, uh, again, it's, it's, it's taking actions mm-hmm. without having to bear any responsibility, right? It's a social media age of you can, you can at a player and call him a fucking useless cunt and nothing happens. Yeah. You know, you would never say that to the player's face. You never yeah. say that to like, you know, your coworker who maybe did a bad job at a, on a project. You wouldn't say that. I mean, if you did, if you, if you would, you're a piece of shit. So, but most, most normal people wouldn't say that, but, but there's these channels and these avenues that have created this industry in a way yeah. that people can just, just tee off on, on complete strangers. You know, these, these, these footballers are complete strangers. We don't know them. Yeah. We, we don't, don't, you know, and again, Jacques has given no reason. He's been nothing but a model professional. You know, he, he's, 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 we talk about the club's values, right. Um, and, and that being a major pillar and importance for, for being an Arsenal player, well, he's done nothing but uphold those values. Um, up until this point, of course. So there's no reason for that that level of vitriol and abuse um, when it comes to you know the player himself. Um, mm-hmm. So it, that 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 irks me quite a bit, and it's 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 a sad state of affairs. It's it's a it's a very just um, very fracturous moment for the club. I don't I don't think Emery is the man to right. navi- navigate the team out of this situation. Um, it's a very difficult situation. Not, there's not a lot of people who, who could, you know, without any, uh, you know, casualties along the way, if you will. But um, I don't know. I don't know if he's going to, what, I mean, what do you, what do you think is going to happen? You think he, he strips Jaka? Do you think he, he's, there's a suspension or do you think he just kind of forgets it? It happens. And then we kind of go back to, you know, square one again. I think it's going to be status quo. I mean, yeah. I saw, um, his, uh, his pre-match, um, press. Oh, I didn't see it. I, I read some of yeah. the, some of the transcript and he is deflecting. Like it's nobody's business about they, I think he was asked like three or four times differently, um, about Jaka being stripped of the captaincy. And he said, right now it's time for reflection. We, I'm not even looking at that. I'm not even thinking about that, which leads me to ask you, I mean, he wasn't training today. I saw pictures of him training, Xhaka. Yeah. Do you think he'll play tomorrow? No, I, I read that he's he uh, isn't making the traveling squad, which which you know makes sense at the Carabao yeah. Cup. Um, he you know obviously. Yeah, well, which is a whole other discussion of talk about cowardice for memory. Um, <laughs> if Ozil plays tomorrow, which I like, I'm in favor of Ozil playing in general. But if he plays tomorrow. After him leaving him out of the squad, completely frozen out for the last month, Emery. I mean, it would just—it wouldn't surprise me because I already know Emery's Emery's a coward when it comes to man management. But um, you know, uh, it w- it would be a wholly new act of cowardice from him to then, and and it, you know, again, it this this would kind of put Ozil as a scapegoat because you're you're playing at at Liverpool, yeah. Um, who you know, with Ozil playing with a mixed team of of youngsters and other castaways such as Mustafi. So certainly doesn't give him the best like platform to go out and like have a great match anyways. Yeah. And so like again, I don't know if Emery's even thinking that, but the fact that you're gonna freeze him out. And then all of a sudden you got this big, huge albatross, you know, big off the field issue with your captain. Oh let me let me let me play Mesut Ozil. Um uh, like like I haven't been freezing him out completely for the last month. Like dude, are you kidding me? 
Yeah. It would just be another just feckless, you know, spineless maneuver from this manager. And, you know, I wouldn't blame Ozil if he played like shit. I wouldn't blame him at all. No, I mean, I think, I, listen, I don't think Ozil's going to, if he does play, going to go out there and like, you know, uh, down tools, as they say, right? And just not play. I mean, I think he's, I think he, I think he's, I think I generally believe Ozil when he said, I, I want to play. I want to play. Yeah. I want to stay at Arsenal. I, I I saw the guy live in the summer. He was running his ass off and he was, he looked fit. He looked hungry. So I, I think, you know, now whether he plays like shit against Liverpool away because Liverpool are better and they have a high pressing system that doesn't benefit Ozo. That's, that's a completely different thing. But I mean, right. you know, I, I, but again, I'm what I'm wishing for if Ozo does play is he balls out, fucking creates like five chances, has two assists. And then, then Emery now, now bench him again. Now leave him out of the 18 again after, after so he has stupid. a good performance. And he probably would because, <laughs> you know, he, again, he can't get out of his own way. Um, and you know, but yeah, we'll see. I mean, I, again, part of me just thinks I, I don't. I don't mind the message of listen. We're going to reflect. We're going to. We're going to meet about it. We're going to. We're going to let things right. subside a bit. Yeah. And I think. I think the midweek match against Liverpool is a good opportunity because it kind of lets that. It'll put that to the back burner at least for a few hours. Um, I, I don't think that's a bad approach. But okay, what are you? What are you going to do as a result of that? Okay, you you've thought about it. You've talked, talked to the powers that be. You've talked to the player. You've talked to the team. You are the manager. You have right. to make a decision. Yep. It's not, it's not up to the players. Hey, you know that that's again, that's that's another cop out. If he, I've heard he's he's gone around and asked the players. Well, of course the players are going to back their teammate. Mm-hmm. They voted for him to be captain in the first place, so they're not going to they're not going to hang him out to dry after one incident where. In their minds, they're thinking, "Well, I would have done the same thing if I was him, or I would I would have felt like doing the same thing." I don't, you know, I'm not going to throw him under the bus and 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 completely ostracize him now just because he had a small lapse of judgment. Um, so you have to make the decision, Emery. You're the manager. That's your job. That's your role. What, whatever it is, have some conviction and and make a decision. Don't think about it. Think about it, and then do nothing. That's perfect. Um, I just uh, any uh, last. Um, I know you've been uh, you've been talking for a bit there, but any any last because uh, trying to wrap the podcast up. Any last thoughts, comments that you want to let out there? I, I mean, I, I'm I'm really worried for, regardless of the whole Jaka substitute gate, and and obviously the results speak for themselves. Mm-hmm. I'm really worried. Like this is gonna put the team into a tailspin um, just because the, the performance performances have been so subpar, so uninspired and, you know, Aubameyang all of a sudden can't get any touches in the, in the opposing 18 yard box. Yeah. Uh, Lacazette looks frustrated and doesn't look like they're fitting together. The Pepe Lacazette Aubameyang hasn't clicked. They, they were constantly, you know, misplacing passes and mistiming of their runs when they were, you know, three kind of trying to connect against Palace. Um, and I don't, again, I don't think Emery is the man to a, a issue some kind of catalyst for a positive change on the field. Unless, it, unless it's, you know, like I don't see him all of a sudden playing Torreira, Guendouzi, Ozil and playing, you know, a front three. and you know, 
benching David Luiz for Rob Holding, which he should do, or, you know, and then Hector Bellerin coming in immediately against Wolves. I don't know. If, if Hector Bellerin starts on Wednesday, is he going to play on the week on Saturday against Wolves? Probably not. Mm. So I'll have another week of Callum Chambers against, you know, pacey attackers in, you know, that uh, Diego Jota and Jimenez and Troy Ore and et cetera. So um, again, you, you have to make, you have to be a catalyst for positive change if you want positive change to occur on the field. And Emery has just shown he's, he's too scared and too cerebral to make anything of a drastic, positive, aggressive change. And I fear that because of that, we will be left behind and maybe, maybe that would lead to a personnel change of manager if that continues to happen. But again, I don't want that to happen. I want him to say, this is what needs to change. This is what, you know, we need to, we need to change something on the field, whether, whether it's drastic, whether it's, you know, you know, mass changes for, for players here and there, just do something, man. You got to do something because what, what you've been doing, the same, same philosophy, tactics, team selection is not working. You are getting the least sum from the parts that you are playing with. Yeah. So you got to change something. And if you don't, yeah, I mean, eventually you'll be out of a job, but then our, our season will probably be over. In that case, you know, you know, <laughs> we don't want that. We want, we want to make the change while we can still salvage this. And the time is now. Perfect. I love it. Uh, with that, I think this was a, a really, really good podcast, really good discussion on on Arsenal. As always, um, Ryan, it's always good to uh, discuss this with you. Um, but before we leave off, guys, just um, I quickly want to let you guys know about uh, something that I'm doing. Um, it's for it's completely um, not soccer related. I'm it's for Movember. I don't know if you guys have known what Movember is, but I'm participating in it. I'm not uh, getting rid of my luscious beard. Uh, no, I'm not growing a mustache. But what I am doing is I am uh, trying to reach uh, 200 kilometers um, by running or walking uh, for the whole month of November to raise money um, for uh, suicide uh, prevention uh, for males um, in this particular case, obviously, suicide is uh, a big topic for all types of genders, not just males. But in this case, it is for um, uh, for Movember purposes, um, you know, for depression, anxiety, uh, which leads to, um, you know, unfortunate events. I suffer from anxiety and depression and panic attacks. So this is something that hits close to home. So if you guys are feeling uh, generous, it doesn't matter. Or if you just want to do this 200k um, walk or run with me. Um, I'll accept it. Let me know. Um, I will put all of those links in there uh, to get more information uh, in the description of this podcast. Other than that, um, that's all I wanted to say about that. Other than that, um, I'd like to thank Ryan for being on the podcast. Uh, I really appreciate you coming on as always, giving me uh, your time um, and talking about Arsenal, even though it's been um, the last couple of pods have been uh, not so great. And hopefully we can discuss better, better things on the horizon. Amen. Well said. Thank you so much, guys, for listening. Uh, we will talk to you guys uh, later. Have a good one, guys.